You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. Because I think everybody who, who was, who was going to deleverage out of their miners already has. And as far as the gold price is concerned, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't know what the catalyst would be, but I think the, the worst that could happen is the, the lows that we've seen in the GDX could be retested. Thank you for tuning in to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers. Well, a little over a week ago, we were checking in with the junior miner junkie, David Erfley. His website is juniorminerjunkie.com, and that was after that panic Monday where everything sold off, gold was crushed, silver was crushed, miners were down, just extreme volatility. And at that time, uh, David, welcome to the show. You had said to be patient, wait with cash in hand. There was so much uncertainty, but now a mere week or a little over a week later, do you look back and say that could have been the shakeout before the breakout? Oh, yeah, it's pretty obvious that it was the shakeout. I mean, Bill, it's it's pretty incredible if your, your uh, listeners could bring up a, a monthly chart of the GDX. If you would have taken your taken yourself and maybe your family on a on a vacation, maybe to a Greek island and say, you know, honey, let's get off the grid for a month and um, at the end of February, and then you came back at the end of March and all you had was miners in your portfolio, you'd probably be either up or not down very much while the rest of the world has basically been torched. You know, their portfolios have been torched while the, while the Western economy has been completely shut down. It's amazing. You just take a look at that, at that chart and there's just this big, huge, long hammer. And at yesterday, uh, on Wednesday, the GDX was actually up on the month. So um, it was just an incredible, incredible bear trap that uh, most people got caught up into. And um, now it's gotten right back up to where, basically where it was before it crashed. And um, it's, you know, it's just a really good time to carefully scale it back into these things but you just have to be careful on which ones you're scaling into. Um, uh, as, far as, as far as I'm concerned, as far as what I was telling my subscribers for the past week or so, is I had a, I had a three, as you know, Bill, because you're a subscriber, is I had, a, uh, I had three separate watch lists. I had a, a low-risk watch list that had uh, royalty and streaming uh, companies on it, along with some uh, um, uh, low-cost growth-oriented producers, and then a medium-risk, uh, watch list, which had developer explorers that were cashed up for at least until the end of the year and hope and uh, 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 more appropriately into next year as well with with uh, that are proving up large projects that are either close to the finance stage or getting there. And then I had a third watch list list, which is where the hot where the uh, the higher risk juniors are, the earlier stage uh, companies, but they, they also need to be cashed up for at least the end of the year and in the next, because you do not want to invest in anything right now that that needs to raise raise cash. I mean, I feel I feel terrible about uh, some of these companies. You know, I'm I have a lot of friends in the industry, Billy, and I'm friends with uh, a lot of people that run these companies and they've done a great job. Um, running, running these companies, having a strong balance sheet and um, having great projects and, and, and great people to prove up those projects. But if they were on, on the funding ledge 
right before this happened, if they were in the process of funding or needed to fund, they're kind of in trouble right now because um, it's difficult, really difficult. It was difficult to raise capital before this happened, and now it's even more difficult. What about Revival Gold? That was a stock you were in. I believe that they had to totally revise and reoffer a financing. Um, what's going on there? Yeah, that's another company. You know, I I, I, I love the management. Uh, Hugh Agro is is brilliant. You know, he's done a great job with this company, uh, and he, and they just. Uh, Issued, they just issued a an outstanding resource of about three million ounces in in, in Idaho, and um, they they needed funding right before it came out, and they were in the process. They 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 issued a, a a funding for five million, and they had to pull it and do a do a placement in the open market instead for only a million, and they're and they're in the process of doing that right now. So, um, you know, once once they've got the money, they've, they've got a, mil, a million dollars, it's not five million. I mean, it, it, it might get them through through uh, a smaller drill program this year. You know, I, I'm not privy to that. You'd have to ask Hugh. But, um, you know, it's just uh, it's, it's just a circumstance that uh, was beyond their control. Um, and there's uh, there's plenty of other companies out there like that in the same situation. Dave, you were saying be patient last week, and you were also keeping your eye on the reflation trade because everything was so deflationary a week ago. Do you think that reflation trade is here in full, and how much cash do you have at this point after you've been buying miners? How much cash do you still have in your portfolio? Yeah, I do. I do think that reflation trade is here, and it's, re- it's being reflected in the marketplace. Um, I've got a little over 20% cash right now that I'm going to keep for a while. Um, you know, I've scaled into a few things and, and like I said, the things I've scaled into, I feel are the safest of the safe in, in, uh, royalty streamers and in growth oriented producers and developers. And I have taken a flyer on a few higher risk, uh, early stage companies, but they are cashed up. Uh, not only uh, through this year, but in the next as well. So um, I just the, the valuations were just too good for me to pass up. And like I said, I'm going to keep this 20% cash position for a while here and and see what happens um, because uh, we, we we're still not out of the woods yet. Even though um, it really it's really it's really looking up for gold and it's really looking up uh, for our sector now that this. This uh, this bear trap has been set and caught many, many uh, uh, investors inside of it. Do you think, though, that we could still see as the Dow, it's, it's been rising quite quickly the last few days, if we do get another sell-off and those people on margin need to rush to liquidity again, could we see the same scenario we saw or now with what appeared to be a default the other day, although the COMEX didn't explicitly come out and say it and the Swiss refineries and such shut down? Is it a different scenario already just a few days later or could we get another sell off, you know, a double bottom or worse in gold and in the miners? Oh, yeah. The scenario is 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 really incredible out there. I mean, you had backwardation in gold. You had um, all the refineries shut down. You've got now you have uh, not only is the COMEX all all uh, computerized, you know, there's no live pits at the COMEX. There's, now there's no live pits at the at the LME either in London, so it's all computer. So the the gold price is going all over the place, and um, 
you just uh, you just it, it's difficult to trade this market. You just want to scale into the to the companies you that, that you feel that you've done the research on that you that you feel that are that, that are safe to get into that, that uh, their balance sheets are strong and their projects are really good and and the jurisdictions they have their projects in are really good and the management team's really good so um, yeah I mean um, anything could happen here um, I, I don't know what the catalyst would be I mean there's there's been so many surprise surprises coming out. Um, for the past few weeks, but um, I see the the uh, the worst case scenario on the Dow Jones, for example, would be that fifteen thousand five hundred area, which is which is where uh, pretty much the mother of all support lines is, going back to uh, the uh, the end of twenty fifteen, early twenty sixteen. It consolidated for a few years there, and then it has been taken off from there ever since. So all those gains being taken off the table is not is not out of the realm of possibility now, considering what's going on in the world right now. I'm not predicting that, but I am cautious of it. I mean, I, I had a I had a three times long the Dow position that I put on on Monday and I took it off today and took the profit. Um, so um, uh, I, I, I just don't I just don't know, nor, nor does anybody else what kind of catalyst would come out and do something like that. But there is a, there is a possibility. So even if we did go down on the Dow and test that uh, 15,500 level, you still don't think the, the miners and the precious metals would face de- de- deflationary pressures. It's, it's inflation from here is, is what your expectation is. That's a tough call. I think so, because I think everybody who, who was, who was going to deleverage out of their miners already has. And um, as far as the gold price is concerned, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't like I said, I don't I don't know what the catalyst would be. But I think the, the worst that could happen is the the lows that we've seen in the GDX could be retested. Would you be like 19? Uh, 16. OK. 16. Yeah, it got to 16. And then uh, it closed above 26 uh, on Wednesday, which you said right. was was a big deal. That was a big deal. But if you if you but if you take a look at the daily, that downtrend line is is still not broken above and I'd like to see 26 taken out on on the weekly and then the monthly that would make me feel better um, if that happens then I pretty much say that that uh, it, it's a pretty pretty good certainty that the bottom is in but God just take a look at that that uh, monthly chart and um, that tail on the GDX it just sure looks like the mother of all bear traps and it's going it's going higher from here and I don't see it going any lower than maybe the 23 area we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor Orn Resources is a junior exploration company with the appetite of a major, focused on finding the next globally significant discovery to create enormous potential upside for shareholders. It's one of the most aggressive exploration companies pursuing high-grade, scalable gold and copper deposits and has a premier seven-project portfolio including its two flagships, Committee Bay in the Arctic and Sombrero in Peru. With Orin's unparalleled technical team and highly experienced management with a history of success in advancing and monetizing exploration assets, Orin has been called one of the best in the junior exploration sector. Orin trades on the TSX and NYSE under the ticker AUG. To learn more, go to orinresources.com. That's A-U-R-Y-N resources.com. Dave, there's still so much 
uncertainty. You are a lot more certain than our conversation last week. But even as I look out there, there's so much uncertainty where countries like Peru have shut things down. There's mines in Canada and and also um, all over the world that are shut down because of this. Nations are responding with uh, quarantines or states here in the U.S., your state, California, my state, Michigan. They have us on a at least a three-week lockdown. There's still so much uncertainty, but you're still confident jumping back into these positions because, especially with what the U.S. Congress is approving right now, trillions of dollars of bailout money. This all spells inflation and, and good for miners eventually is your expectation. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, they're committed to the Keynesian model. And um, that's exactly what they're going to do. They're they're just going to they're just going to print as much as they possibly can and helicopter drop as much money as they possibly can to people who who need it and reflate the system. You know, um, Europe can't do that. They're pushing on a string. They 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 can't you know they they can't create endless amounts of of their currency like we can. And um, they've had negative interest rates since 2014, and it's not worked. So um, I'm really concerned for the EU. Um, but I'm really concerned for the U.S. The U.S. as well, as far as inflation, as, stag, as far as stagflation is concerned, and as far as people's jobs. I mean, the unemployment, the people that filed for unemployment today, the numbers that came out were staggering. And um, you know, I just, uh, I, uh, you know, I, I have, I have friends that are in this situation. I have some family members that are in this situation. It's, it's. It's just uh, a dire situation, but uh, they're going to they're going to do the best they can to reflate this thing. And the beneficiary is, is going to be gold and, and silver. So um, in the U.S. dollar, do you think? Oh, yes. Um, as as long as this uh, th- this uh, this lockdown goes on and, and uh, people need dollars, you know, the, the most of the world's debt is denominated in dollars. So yes, I, th- I see the I see the dollar going higher. As the more people's debt is squeezed, and then do you see the dollar reverting and heading uh, lower as gold continues to soar, as some expect? Later well, on? against what? Against what? I mean, the dollar is measured against other currencies, and it's mostly the euro. So um, I, I no, I don't see that. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's like fifty-two percent of it is the euro, and the the, the EU is a basket case. Um, I'm I'm fearful that they're gonna that they're gonna introduce an electronic currency, and I wouldn't even be surprised if if they if if they did do that they would digitize gold as well because any form of money they want they want digitized so they could tax it. Uh, that's what all these governments want, you know. So um, the EU would 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 maybe put the put the euro on a digital you know uh, cryptocurrency that that you know that wouldn't surprise me. And there's been rumors of that happening. So um, any number of things can go down here with with what's going on. So, uh, yeah, it's very it's it's a good time to be cautious. But as far as gold miners are concerned and gold royalty streaming plays are concerned and developers are concerned that have high grade projects in good jurisdictions and a lot of cash right now. Those are things you can you can speculate in because let's face it right now, if you if you want to buy some gold, you can't you can't get any gold anywhere. So uh, the next best, best thing is, is, to, is to invest in miners that have gold in the ground, that they're mining it at a, you know, with, with uh, very high margins. Dave, last week you were working 
overtime, uh, sending out alerts in the heat of the moment um, and everything that was going on to your subscribers. And one of the things you stressed is that this is a, a very good learning experience. And as investors, we need to take note of what we're learning. And as you reflect upon the last week, so much was packed into one week. What were some of your key takeaways for your own learning? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been working overtime for the past three weeks, Bill. So, um, yeah, it's the takeaways uh, is basically um, have enough cash when you feel there's a crisis coming, you know, um, because cash uh, takes takes away the emotion out of your trading. If you have a large cash cash position, then you feel less emotional in, in the decisions you have to make in the moment. And um, a lot of people found out they didn't have enough cash on Monday the 16th. So, um, you know, when there's a crisis situation brewing, get that get that uh, cash position up pretty high to where basically up to the sleeping point. As an old Wall Street saying, you know, you have enough cash up to the sleeping point. And, and um, a lot of people found out they didn't have enough uh, on Monday. So um, that's a lesson that... Uh, I've learned that's a lesson that uh, I think a lot of people uh, have learned. And um, there's nothing wrong with losing money in the stock market. As a matter of fact, it's mandatory if you want to learn how to be a successful investor. So um, take this as a lesson. And if, if it was an expensive lesson, just make sure you get your money's worth. And how do you deal emotionally, Dave, with um, missed opportunities or lost realized gains? Does it get easier as you get older or do you still struggle for a few days afterwards uh, regarding this? Well, it does get easier as you get older, uh, Bill, because you can't think about that. You can't think about the past in anything. I mean, it's, you can't change it. So it's, it's wasted energy. It's a wasted thought process. So what you do is you take the lessons that you learned from what happened to you and you apply it to the future. Um, like I've said uh, to you and my subscribers, I feel very fortunate to have come out of uh, what I feel the worst of the crisis um, with pretty much my investment capital intact. You know, I lost some paper gains. That's that's not a big deal, especially when, when you compare it to what most other people have lost during this crisis. Losing paper gains, I could, you know, that's that. I'm not going to lose sleep over that. But if I, but if I had lost my investment capital, I would have been a little more upset. Um, but uh, losing paper gains, that's that's not a big deal, and um, it's nothing compared to uh, what some of these people have lost, Bill. I mean, it's just terrible. You know what? You know what it's like out there, and uh, I just I feel for them. I feel for their families. And um, all I can do is the best I can do for my subscribers and try to keep them in the loop and put out as many alerts as possible to, to keep them up to date and let them know that they're not alone. They're, you know, uh, we're all going through this together and to, and to give them as much updated information as I possibly can. Dave, on that note, uh, as we conclude, I'd like you to share about the genesis of the Junior Minor Junkie subscription, why you started it. There are some unsavory things that go on in the sector, in the newsletter writing business. You didn't want to be a part of that. And there, as I understand the story, there was demand coming from people that were reading your Kitco article saying, hey, I want more insights from you. So please share how you started this newsletter. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's. Uh, I started writing the column for Kitco in uh, 2016. 
um, right at the beginning of 2016. And um, I started to get a lot of emails from people saying that I should start a newsletter because they would subscribe. So I thought, uh, well, um, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right because I've, I've subscribed to a lot of newsletters in the past. And, um, you know, there, there are a lot of good ones out there, but there are, there are a, lot, a, a lot of other newsletters that aren't so good. So I, what I tried to do was I tried to take the best um, attributes out of the, the newsletters I respect the most and apply it to my own and then bump it up a notch to where I'm completely transparent. Um, all my subscribers know exactly what I'm doing with my money at all times what I invest in, how much I made, how much I lost, warts and all, everything is there for them to see. So it's basically uh, also a, a teaching platform. You know, I've done this for the past 19 years in this sector. And uh, uh, the most important thing is I teach them risk management tactics, which, which, which have, which have uh, been uh, very beneficial into to, uh, taking a lot of money off the table until this happened. I mean, I've done really well over the past four years and the reason why I have is because I've taken a lot of profit. I mean, that's that's the, that's the most difficult thing for an investor to do is to sell. I mean, anybody can buy a stock, but knowing when to sell and knowing when to take your profit, that's that's the the really uh, tough part of investing. So um, I try to teach my uh, subscribers how to do this properly, and hopefully, you know, they they've learned something. Um, and, and how to invest and how to become a better investor when they cancel my subscription. And I've gotten so many emails, Bill, from people that, that have told me just that. So, um, like I said, losing my, my paper gains is not that big a deal when I know that I'm helping other people out there navigate this sector and make money like, I, like I've, I've done over the past 18 years. David is uh, someone excellent in this sector that you can learn from and get a ton of investment ideas. And um, part of the service is he'll engage you one-on-one -on -one with your questions. If you're interested in learning more, please go to juniorminerjunkie.com. If you want to reach out to Dave, there is a contact form there at juniorminerjunkie.com and you can get in touch with Dave. Dave, as always, thanks for coming on the show and thank you for your insights. Thank you, Bill. Always great talking to you. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty dollars or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. 
the mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.